Hey, this is Brian Falchuk from Boston, Massachusetts in the United States of America. I want to give a shout out to the InsureTech business series, Falumi and Damala, what you are doing to help move the industry forward in the African continent, but also more broadly for the industry at large is so incredibly important. As I think about the future of our industry, it's conversations like the ones you're having that will help us move forward. So congratulations on the success of the show. Please keep at it. Hi, everybody. I'm sure that you've had an amazing weekend. My weekend has been fantastic. How was yours, Tamala? Quite chilled. It was more of a family time. My extended family actually had sort of like a get together. I would like to get together. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's been it's been a while. Something like that actually happened. So we all just came together and just uh, celebrate. I was happy uh, to to see everybody, and, and, and we had a good time. So it was it was fun. Wow. As in, I would love to have something like that, man. But my family members are scattered. Scattered. <laughs> Oh, I thank God's intervention for that to happen. <laughs> but okay, that was that was good though. You still had to maintain the whole, you know, social distancing and and, and just mm-hmm. be cautious about how we, we we related with each other. You know, as much as possible, we definitely I wanted to hug each other and and be more close and enjoy ourselves. But <laughs> but just being able to see each other after all the while, yeah. it's just quite That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So we're going to be having somebody amazing on our podcast. As a matter of fact, some of the conversations that we've had has been very interesting. Unfortunately, this person couldn't join our IBS conference, but yeah. we are so excited to have him on board on our podcast. Yes, we are going to be speaking with the amazing Dr. Robin Kira. He said we shouldn't call him Dr. Robin. He said Robin is fine. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, uh, Robin Kira, a superstar when it comes to the InsurTech uh, space around the world. Uh, very popular on LinkedIn. He's the CEO of Digital Scouting. Uh, Digital Scouting is a consultancy company in Germany. And they have a blog, uh, which is super, super amazing. And it does these weekly interviews with amazing guests from around the world on LinkedIn. It's live on LinkedIn and a lot of other platforms. It's always interesting to connect with Robin Kiera. All right. So I'm sure that you would enjoy this conversation. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Robin. How are you today? I'm fine and please call me Robin because otherwise I think my father stands behind me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Robin is... So how are you doing, Robin? I'm fine. How are you? Awesome. I'm actually good. And um, yeah, I know that it's been an interesting beginning of the year with um, coronavirus still spreading actively, but... We're looking forward to the rest of the year as good and better prepared than um, 2020. Before you delve into insurance, um, I'd like you to introduce yourself 
Oh, thank you very much. I'm a recovering insurance agent. So I started my career in insurance as uh, selling insurance policies on the couches of the people of my hometown. Before that, I, I, I worked for a, a large a family office of a large industrial family in Germany. But my insurance uh, career started uh, as an insurance agent. Um, I quickly then went, uh, because I always complain nothing is digital, they, you know, put me into the headquarters and say, okay, then you change it. Uh, so I uh, led large-scale projects uh, in insurance and finance, um, ended up also in the IT department at some point and had some responsibility there. And uh, what's really, really funny is that at some point I went to, left the industry, went to banking and, uh, and, and startups, and uh, I still had some relationship with the industry. And uh, with the outside view and with the full intention of never returning back, uh, I um, began to hold keynote. Uh, about the pain points in the industry like three, four years ago. Okay. And I was like the insider that, uh, that talked about the problems of the industry. Uh, and I was pretty alone at that point in time, at least in Germany. And I always, when I went on stage and I put also a lot of stuff on social media, I always told myself, Robin, if you never get a job in this industry again, I don't care. We need to talk about the The problem, <laughs> the problems were we had no apps. Our apps we had were bad. We were not on social, not on social media. We have a problem with, you know, the way we sell insurance policies through our sales agents. You know, me being a former one, um, that was that. And uh, I founded a small blog just actually to have a place where I could put all my rants and the rants of my friends. And this blog exploded. It's called Digital Scouting. And uh, now we are not only a blog anymore, but actually a consulting company that helps insurers and banks and large sales organizations around the world to modernize strategy, modernize digital um, strategy, um, sales forces, and also their marketing departments. Um, and yeah, we have hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of views each month. It has been quite a ride, that's for sure. Wow, wow. That's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. On Spot on Insurance, I, I was a guest oh. on Spot on Insurance podcast uh, recently, and we were speaking to Ted and Arlene, and I mean, we told them about I mean, engaging you and, and things like that, and they said, hey, Robin is, is a superstar when you're talking about the, the insurtech space you know, around the world, uh, but you talked about signing off as an agent. How much of that experience affected what you do today, and also what has been your view of that time and the agencies totally right now currently i'm a consultant or we have a consulting company even though i do not like the term nobody likes consultants nobody likes the <laughs> thing um but what gives me the, the big advantage of me is uh, of us we are 30 people right now is uh, i can walk in a room of sales agents and the, at the beginning they hate me because they think i'm a typical consultant but then Uh, I really can talk about the reality on the ground because I know it. I really know it. I've been there. I've done it. I've been, you know, mm. almost in tears because I missed the sales target. I've been euphoric because yeah. I made a huge <laughs> sale and I felt like a king of Germany for mm. two days. All of these emotions, <laughs> all insurance sales agents or salespeople around the world uh, go through. I had mm. um, the positive, the, the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, and what I always try to do mm. is I try to help my former colleagues and really may say, okay, when you're a good guy or girl you want to help your clients mm. here are the tools mm. tactics and tricks how you can sell more quicker better and become a mm. valuable part of the community you live in uh, and mm. so without my hard times as an insurance sales agent uh, 
um, which was, I wasn't the worst, but I was surely not the best. Um, I can now really help these people with my other expertise I gained throughout the decade. Three years ago, I thought mm. insurance policies will be sold mainly via internet very, very quickly. And we see this with simple products. But ironically, good sales, physical sales agents and brokers still are super strong. And I see also why, because they have the trust mm. of clients and there are complex mm. products out there um, like certain mm. life insurance in the commercial space or you know having a concept of actually helping your client become safe secure maybe even wealthy and that mm. takes more than algorithms currently can achieve but um, what they can what they can achieve is becomes uh, better and better um, and we see this around the world actually but nevertheless super smart engaging agents and brokers will be around for a very long time that's i'm pretty sure about that how do you compare those times to now, especially with the growing number of insurance technology um, in the past years? If you, if you look back at when you were an agent and now that you've actually, uh, you know, engaged in fintechs, insurtechs, and, you know, you're actively in that space. How do you compare then that experience to now? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsurTech Business Series and stay updated. There have been changes, at least in the market where I'm in. So the amount of digital tools that help agents and brokers to in their daily work, like the computer software they use, they have no smartphones. I mean, when I was there, uh, the standard phone, I mean, that's not, and, and it's not a hundred years ago. It's just only a few years ago. The industry was mm. so behind that we only had mm. dumb phones and no smartphones. And, and now the technology has become better. The, uh, the consulting process has become better, but there hasn't been no qualitative change. So still we try to sell insurance policies because the headquarter tells us to it's January and in January we should sell accident insurance or liability insurance mm. and then they expect us to go to our clients and sell them what they told us to sell and not what the client actually wants and that's a big qualitative difference mm. when we look at super successful agents that's what they have been doing for at least i don't know 500 years since the first uh, policy was issued mm. to really go to the client and mm. ask them and try not to sell them something but to to see what their needs are this sounds like a very cheesy brochure what i'm still talking right now but when I look at agencies mm. around the world that are super successful for a long time, they do not, you know, go there and try to force the client product. They try to see what's the situation of the mm. client and then to actually help them with, with products. And the irony of this is if you do it like that, not uh, pushing it down the throat of your client, but actually helping them, you sell more. Mm. Mm. That's, that, no, that's true. I've I've been a, an agent for for five plus years myself, and I hear you loud and clear, and and it's something that is is quite true. It's going to be interesting to hear your thoughts as regards customer experience now as well, because I mean, like you rightly mentioned, a lot of things have changed from then even till now. In the past couple of years, technology has enabled a lot of things, especially in the insurance value chain. Yeah, and definitely 
customer experience. I mean, because the customer again is demanding for something different. I mean, they are looking at experiencing in other places in the banking sector. They are seeing how they are engaging a lot of other apps, a lot of financial services, and they are saying, "Hey, why can't my insurance be this flexible and easy and friendly? How do you think that we can get the whole, you know, customer experience right?" I mean, what is the reality uh, of society around the world? If we look at giants like Amazon or the regional similar players like that, like Otto around here, um, you order something, you don't like it, you send it back. Really easy. Um, what mm-hmm. uh, what we have? Uh, I have an insurance claim currently going on. Really, 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 really clear what happened. Nothing complicated, and I'm waiting for <laughs> since months. Mm. That's unbearable. To be wow. quite honest, and I love insurance, you know, but I'm really, really getting annoyed. Uh, and I think in these times and days, uh, we need to do a better job in three categories. First, we need easy products. I do not want to read the conditions of the policy. I mean, I, I do as an insurance nerd, but actually uh, as a client, I don't want. I want that this thing goes. If I buy a car, I want that this car drives. It should drive fast. But I'm not, mm. I don't care what kind of engine it, it is in there. I really do not care. I want that this thing works. And that's what the clients expect of our products. They should be simple. Either going to pay me or not when I have the claim. Second, we need easy processes. Mm. I actually want when I submit a claim to that some, you know, that I get an information in within minutes. And, and if it's complex, maybe days, but not months. So easy products, easy process. And the last, we need to become parts of the daily lives of our clients. We need to be on their mind when they have a problem. They need to identify us as a solution and not as a lesser evil. Super important is financial uh, sustainability, financial literacy and financial freedom. Things around the world insurers could play a great role because we know a lot of things about money. Why do we not share this information with our clients. I remember having to be on the panel at one of our professional forums, and I, I think I also mentioned um, having easy products. For instance, I really wouldn't want to stress myself getting a car, but when I could just you know get one on Uber, and the process is seamless, it really doesn't have any faults. And I remember telling them that I think today's generation keeps looking for the laziest way to get things done. So, why, why do I have to go through all of the assholes of, you know, putting in my chassis number and all of that? So I totally agree with you. Um, however, how do you think that we can, you know, further teach our customers um, financial sustainability, literacy, and, you know, all of that? Um, there are a lot of people that are underserved yep. and that don't actually have that um, educational background about financial freedom. So... How do we bring that into their, uh, you know, communicate that daily to them? Well, I think that this, um, the topic of financial literacy and financial freedom is a topic around the world, in the West, in the East, in the North, in the South. It's nothing um, that's, I think large parts of society around the world are underserved. If we look at statistical data, it's simply the fact. Um, and how should we do it? Mm-hmm. We should do it in a way where the people um, to to generate content, uh, texts, videos, audio like this podcast, for example, in a way people really like consuming it. It's a no-brainer. Let's do it what the client likes. Let's build a car the client wants to drive and not uh, the engineer. And I think that's a big, big difference. We have been the engineers in the past. We have ri- written 
white papers and, mm. condi- and and policies, hundreds of pages, and nobody reads that. Let's let's really put our knowledge in a format the client, the customers actually like and digest. And uh, yeah, and if that means TikTok or some new, you know, funny platform, then it's our duty to our clients to go all in into that. Mm. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned TikTok there because I know that you're quite active on TikTok. This links me to a question I wanted to ask. The insurance industry is known to be a certain way that's always been a certain way and then all of these talks about technology about innovation it almost seems like uh, you want them to pivot from something that they've always done for hundreds of years and insurance companies are slow to do that and some even repulsive to that idea is that a fair point for from their own point of view to always say i mean this has always worked so why change it? Or it's almost like a necessity. Things have to change. I mean, looking at, I mean, all of this conversation about financial uh, literacy and, and inclusion and things like that. Well, I mean, Nokia didn't want to change. Neckerman, which is a local multi-billion dollar company, mm-hmm. didn't want to change. There are a lot of companies that did not want to change because of certain reasons. And they're gone. And if you look at the insurance industry, we have seen Mm. in certain uh, ecosystems around the world and consolidation. So we have seen brands disappear. And if you look at a period of 100 or 200 years, you have seen a tremendous disappearance in the Mm. insurance industry. So it's not that we still have the same um, companies around than 500 years ago. We have a lot of change there. New companies come, Mm. uh, old ones go away. And um, the only question I would ask an insurance executive when he says, do we need to do it because we're successful i say a i doubt that we are successful let's look at our numbers come on we are growing at least you know in 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 central Mm. europe one percent two percent a year okay that's better than travel currently like minus 50 but why aren't we doing everything that we have hyper growth why can't an insurer grow with 25 50 percent and if we look at the east at ping and jong and if we look at uh, youth cases uh, in other countries mm. you have these cases so when you do not want to change in a world that's changing the world will kick you off its edges and i think we have a lot of examples historically in the eye of a storm it's quiet and that's why a lot of insurance executives see oh our numbers aren't too bad but they don't see that they're mm. actually in the middle of a storm mm-hmm. but that's the way to go really we have to keep changing with the time insurance in say in africa is currently developing and um, we are looking at different brands in china for instance asia or you know in the european markets how do you think that um, we could learn from those markets well first and foremost i think we all can learn from each other i have seen some impressive use cases in the finance space or in the insurance space coming out of africa so i think we should all learn from each other that's my main main concern if i would be an insurance executive despite the size of the organization I would try to get the best ideas, tools, and tactics from around the world. I would see what can I learn from China? What can I learn from Jonglan, Pingan, from China Life? Mm. What can I learn from Allianz, mm. State, from Geico? Or smaller companies that are not so much known, but super interesting. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's what I would try to have an open mindset. What does it mean? In case COVID is gone, finally, let's travel again. Let's meet. Let's go to conferences mm. around the world. And uh, if mm. you are as a company cannot do it because you have, you're very busy in, you know, doing your business, then find people that do the scouting for you and that pump you up with uh 
great ideas from around the world and also from outside the industry. I mean, it's all about learning and getting new ideas because, I mean, like you said before, you have to change, you have to improve, you have to do things differently. So 2020 was, I mean, the year of the COVID. But again, for for insurance, especially in short tech, it's quite interesting, a lot of the activities that happened, right? Uh, so but before we go into a lot more details about look, some of the things that, that happened last year in 2020 for the InsurTech insurance space, what's your take on the whole year 2020 when it comes to the insurance space generally, even with the COVID and, and everything? I have two sides of a medal. The one is I was blown away in the spring that the insurance industry around the world more or less was capable of sending all people home, going to remote. That was great. We went into crisis mode. We, 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 we did it. Mm. Super. The second, the negative side is mm. I've not seen a single insurer besides struggling and firefighting, putting anything substantial, innovative out there. Um, and that's something I really regret. Why did we lose the momentum in the summer? Why are we again talking about the same topics mm. in the beginning of 2021? We talked in the beginning of 2020 and the beginning of 2019. Um, we are capable of so many great things and we proved this in, the, in, in, in spring. Why can we not use this inertia, this momentum and crush it, expand our value chains, change the way how we sell, improve the way we market and become parts of the daily life of our clients and uh, sell a lot more and help them a lot more. Interesting what, what, what you said there about when you look at some of the activities of insurtechs around the world, I mean, a lot of insurtech companies, you know, IPOing, getting investments and things like that. Do you think that those kind of activities could really just for the general industry to, to do a lot more or it's just an outlier? No, I think the whole, I mean, you always have first movers and the regular crowd and laggards. I think it's only for executives that really want to grow and that want to use opportunities. Um, and if you don't want to do this, it's fine. But sooner or later, um, your cost base will crush you and kill you internally. Not to do anything is not a no-risk option. It's, I think, the riskiest thing you can do currently. So, okay, what would you advise that insurance to do going forward? I mean, this is 2021. And um, I know that our first episode talked about the strategies. But judging by these negatives, what do you think should be the take-home for insurance companies in 2021? What should they run with um, during this period? Like, what can they do better to, you know, serve your customers. First of all, listen to the podcast, subscribe to this podcast. And uh, I think that's super important. Why not? Mm -hmm. Because you need to be yeah. get outside <laughs> view information and you guys do a great job and putting this together, uh, getting people on board. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. uh, and to really, as an executive or as a decision maker, as an agent and broker, or insurance professional to be a practitioner of these things that you talk. When somebody talks about blockchain, try and about. If you talk about if somebody talks about TikTok, download it today. And um, just to, you need to practice these things, and you need to get constant flow of input, of information, and inspiration. If you only take away one or two great ideas uh, we had here today, that would be make me totally happy. That's one thing. 
Then what we have a big problem, I'm not sure how it's in, in your ecosystem. We have a big problem in uh, overaged uh, workforces. So um, where you have a certain demographic group, certain backgrounds, uh, we also have a gender issue in the insurance industry. So I think it, it's really, yeah. we need to hire differently and, and not because of quotas, but because of hiring mm. different experiences in life. Um, and I think that's something we have been very good in the sales department, but very bad at internal departments. And um, now we need to become better because a lot of insurance executives asks me, how can I get these people on board or how can I change? You need to change your workforce. And by the way, you need to start on board level. You need to start on board level uh, to, to change, change mm. there. And, um, and last but not least, to really try things out. I know for insurance companies, it's a total horror to think about that we should try something out without having a five-year plan. But just do it, mm -hmm. try it out. There's no shame uh, in anything um, uh, if it comes from a right heart. And let's not forget what's the core of our industry. We are there in the darkest moments of the lives mm -hmm. of our clients in sickness, death, and uh, in destruction. And, and, and we do so many great things, paying billions and billions and billions of dollars, euros, uh, and, and, and other currencies out there and helping our clients, rebuilding homes, getting treatment for, for sickness, and so on. And, and why do we never talk about it? Um, and I think that's the fourth point. Let's talk more about what we do good. Mm. Not in a cheesy way and and celebrating ourselves, but it's more like, let's talk about our clients and their stories and how we help them. And uh, maybe we can, uh, can win uh, more clients with that. You talked on something there that, that, that uh, we as well are quite passionate about. So, I mean, yes, uh, the gender imbalance in the industry. Uh, we started off this project in short tech business series, Women in Insurance Project, right? Uh, so the insurance industry is very much male dominated. And so we thought that even, I mean, it got to a point that we were speaking to mostly men, right? And so we thought that, hey, I mean, actually there are women who are doing amazing things uh, in the industry, even here uh, on the African continent. And so it was a conscious effort to to you know, reach out to a lot more women and speak to people doing amazing things who are managing directors of insurance companies, leading uh, trade associations in the insurance space, and who are stakeholders, top stakeholders in the space. And, and it's been quite interesting to hear about their experiences. People learn a lot about them. So it's quite interesting, a lot of things about um, the ideas and, and even challenges that even are there for, for the women in the industry. But creating a lot of these engagements uh, and conversations will definitely push push a lot of changes and 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 i also wanted to ask right um you mentioned again as regards trying new things what what can the insurance industry or an insurer benefit from being on new platforms like tiktok or even any of the uh, new uh, social media platforms what can they benefit in terms of you know creating that new feel about, about where the clients are where are my clients where which mm. people can we help and it's not about the new new fancy social media thing because robin tells so it's about where are the numbers and if an application and social mm, okay. media platform is the number one downloaded app on all platforms on all devices around the world for several years and then it's exploding mm. maybe our clients are there and uh, and when we look at the numbers uh, every country is a little bit different mm. but we see that uh, older age groups are entering and i have built an uh, 
uh, TikTok channel just as a proof of concept mm. with uh, in, in, in German speaking, so it's limited, uh, with 100,000 followers okay. now almost, uh, and with uh, millions and millions and millions of huge each month, views each month. We are one of the leading finance uh, uh, channels here. But wow. again, it's 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 just a proof of concept to say if a person like me with a radio face can become okay. a star on TikTok, I think insurance with, with millions and millions of, of dollars can. <laughs> and I want to add something. We are one of the most disliked industries in the world, even though we have one of the most important products in the world. We spend billions and billions in marketing Mm -hmm. Obviously not in the correct way, because if it would work, people would not despise us in, 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 as an image. And there are a lot of studies on that. And why should people go on TikTok and other channels? It's because yeah. your clients are there. And if not, and, and, and I think that's the super thing. You need to be where the mm -hmm. clients are. And your message, which is the message of, you know, securing, we secure you, we help you managing your risk in your life. We cannot you go into a house where nobody's there and you shout it there. Mm -hmm. It's great. You shout it, but nobody listens. You need to go into the houses and where the people are. And if it means you need to go to TikTok, then you need to go to TikTok. And again, if I can do it, insurers can do it too. Okay. So <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I, I kind of enjoyed what you just said. Now, um, it just kind of makes sense. I've been privy to one of Gekko's um, ad and it was fantastic. It, it, it just, um, it, it, I can't remember what the advert was about, but it wasn't the general insurance of adverts that I was used to or I've been exposed to. And at the end of it, it was talking about motor insurance. And I'm like, oh boy, it has to be one of the most interesting adverts I've seen from insurance. So, yeah, I, I think that um, in terms of that, possibly as, uh, appealing to the perception of um, the customers, which I think is key. Well, in the aspect of regulation, don't you think that um, that's one of the main challenges of insurance in terms of how they tend to downplay some of these um, innovations and creativity? For no, I, I know this company. hypothesis and I hear it, these arguments a lot, but I strongly disagree why uh, regulation is a huge opportunity. Because uh, it are two ways you can deal with regulation. One can be a scapegoat for doing, for not doing nothing, having large departments uh, of lawyers sitting around. That, 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 that mm -hmm. job is to say no all the day, even though it has no mm -hmm. uh, place in reality. Um, I'm, I know some regulators in the US, in Germany, and in the Middle and Near East, and ironically i needed to learn this but uh, i had a prejudice when i started doing this uh, when, when i started a few years ago with more of this public role that i have now i always thought they're super old and super conservative don't know anything and still use chalkboards that was completely wrong uh, I, i met one of uh, some of the brightest minds in the insurance industry super nice with young motivated staff trying to help uh, the clients regulators you can talk to uh, not in all cases sometimes uh, accidents happen there um, but nevertheless you can talk to the regulators and regulation is an opportunity because it hinders others to enter but we need to 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 use it as an opportunity to get as much done as possible i mean i just talked to a reinsurer who is hesitant of starting a webinar for its clients because it could you know lead to cartel uh, regulation issues it's totally BS. That I almost laugh when I heard mm. it because it's so un unreal, you know. Uh, but these arguments really 
prevent people mm. of doing the right thing. And I think that's the great thing about this podcast is to say, guys and girls, go out there, use, do not, you know, do not break the law with this regulation, but uh, let's not come, somebody tell you what you, not mm. to do something because he has an, he says regulation. It needs to be a good argument, it needs to be based, but it's not, let not stop you through yeah. that. And in, in case you doubt it, ask the regulator, go to them, ask them. And sometimes they say, no, good for the client, do it. Mm -hmm. Actually, just do it, like you said. Uh, and so before we let you go, I know that one of the new things that uh, we are beginning to see around the world, even here in Africa and Nigeria, is partnerships, collaborations uh, with ecosystems. How do you think that this can work for the insurance industry you know, going forward? COVID has happened there. Uh, how 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 do you think that ecosystems can play you know when you are looking at the distribution of insurance on so on ecosystems the are market? not the new shiny thing you do uh, and 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 have a new buzzword that's not what ecosystem and platforms are about it's about how can i as insurer sell to clients mm -hmm. otherwise i do not reach or to shorten the sales cycle it's all about selling which uh, a great and beautiful product i think mm -hmm. that's that's the baseline of it what i see currently especially our clients doing when we talk mm -hmm. about ecosystem and platforms is to build small and mid-sized partnerships with Uh, other companies that have a sizable client base that mm. are, have no competition or competing products, a lot super automated on APA, API by a basis on automated or half autom semi-automated up and cross-selling in the in the homepage or the app of the other person or even the offline uh, the selling place, and and then having not one big partner, but 2,500 different partners. And then at some point, this is unstoppable because when you get as a mid-size insurer, you have, I don't know, a thousand policies a day. Maybe that's a little bit too much, but let's say 500 policies a day, you get uh, get mm. more. And then through <laughs> uh, uh, dozens of partnerships, suddenly you get 10 more. That's 10% uh, growth. Uh, and if you do that then for a very long time, it's, that, that can add up. And mm. I think that's where the magic is. Platform and ecosystem is a great word, but super important. It mm. is in the end, lots of one-on-one -on -one partnerships with others, and but automated on digital basis. And then you can mm. reach growth rates that we only know normally from tech companies. Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways, microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series, where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Dr. Rob, for coming on our podcast. We'd like you to tell people how they can reach reach out to you. Um, LinkedIn, your blog, which is actually an interesting one because I just learned that. And, um, you know, other channels, TikTok yeah, as well, oh, as I've learned today. 
on, on TikTok, yeah. we are, have a, a German channel, so that's only for the German audience. Um, approach us oh, on okay. LinkedIn or write me an email, robin at digitalscouting.de. We help insurers and banks around the world with these topics we talked about. Do not hesitate to reach out. Um, we do also virtual keynotes. So if you have a, a team in the home office and you want to have a, have a, have a keynote there, I'm happy to do a, re a remote virtual one. That's always fun. Yeah, do not hesitate to reach out. And uh, again, do subscribe to this podcast here and leave some nice reviews. Not for me, but for these amazing hosts. Thank hope you very to much. to meet you sure. this year when this corona stuff is over at some great, exciting conference in Africa. I really want, want to do this last year already. Yeah, already. definitely. We are open to host a physical conference this year and hopefully by then, by November, a lot of these things will be over. So I, I, I will bring some Germans to with me. Thank you very much. Really. Have a great one. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you very much. It was a pleasure speaking. Hey, this is Brian Falchuk from Boston, Massachusetts in the United States of America. I want to give a shout out to the InsureTech business series, Falumi and Damala, what you are doing to help move the industry forward in the African continent, but also more broadly for the industry at large is so incredibly important. As I think about the future of our industry, it's conversations like the ones you're having that will help us move forward. So congratulations on the success of the show. Please keep at it. Okay, welcome back. Uh, wow, that was power-packed. <laughs> yeah, that was power-packed. It's interesting to see how very much related our markets are. Uh, a lot of yeah. the, um, the challenges that we're seeing in our market are some of the things that even are evident in other markets. Mm -hmm. Look at what he said about the claim that he's pursuing, which is unpaid now for about six months. Those are some of the conversations that we are still having in the market now, how insurers can do more in terms of payment of claims, which will definitely build trust. Uh, quite interesting what he had to say about how we need to create simple products, simple yeah. process, so that all of these hassles are not there because people are looking at what is being done in other spaces. Why is insurance still left behind? No, like it. Yeah, so so it's quite interesting what he had to say and all of that. What, what about you? What what stood out for you from all of those conversations? As a matter of fact, I like his um, analogy of using a house and then you're going, you're paying him a, a lot of money and then you're going to shout in a house where you don't even have your audience there. Mm, mm. You know, that's that's like waste of resources and. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's what most of us do in the industry. It just yeah. seems like we're making noise, but it doesn't seem like we have listeners or audiences that mm. are willing to hear what we have to say. Or, you know, like we, we I've, I've heard um, a lot of people go on and, you know, they spend money on TV stations, advertisement on TV and all of that. I, I can't remember the last time I watched normal TV, but I'll constantly mm -hmm. be on Twitter. I'll, you know, yeah. of course, I could be on Instagram, and I would I would probably pay more attention to bands on those two platforms on WhatsApp mm. than you know having to tune in um, my TV station to a random channel singing about something. Or let's even give an instance: people that watch Europa League or Premier League or Champions League. That's another way to get people's attention. The last time I was watching, I can't remember the match. Though, but I saw um, Allianz um, advert 
on the field and i'm like ah of course i know this brand i do know this mm-hmm. brand and it, it, they didn't ha- they didn't even have to spend a lot but just the fact that it was in a place where a lot of people pay attention to a lot of guys tend to yeah. in fact these days guys and ladies as well tend to watch you know football matches and and i like that it was able to you know point that out like you need to we strategize we focus find out where your listeners are find out where your customers are reach out to them via that medium don't stick to the old ways that you've been used to and that for me was one of the many things that i enjoy and i think that also this podcast set out to you know do that because we understand that there's that gap in the market and so having as much as possible to have these conversations at the end of the day helps to set up all of those are priorities right which i think is really important as yeah. as a person to to pay attention to listen to it i know having these conversations i still go back sometimes to write down some of the things that most of our guests have talked about sometimes yeah. they help you um um refocus and restrategize on the things that really count in the industry yeah, which i absolutely. think is really important absolutely i mean it, it's almost like we have a master class every two weeks right you exactly uh, and it's free what do you yeah 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 thank you thank you thank you very much to uh, robin for sharing as much as she did it was it was a, a pleasure speaking uh, speaking with him uh, i mean and what you said now is it's just it's just there is that's it uh you have to change from the the whole idea of they will come to me you have to go to the mm-hmm. customers if your customers like you said if your customers are on, on TikTok for example TikTok which is yeah. quite big in Nigeria actually uh, with a lot of challenges here and there you know seeing social media very much abuzz with all of all of these uh, challenges and things that are that, that are up and trending how can the insurance industry tag on some of these things and create value you know and draw the audience and one thing about that is TikTok for example has a demography mm-hmm. that is sort of excluded uh, like say from all of these financial services when it comes to insurance. Yes, right? yes. That, that 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 population that demography that younger demography they're not keen on insurance. A lot of them don't even know about it. How can you use this platform for example to educate not doing ads on on TV and saying yes at the end of the year you say okay did you uh, make efforts to educate the public yes we did what's the evidence you show them that you paid x million naira to NTA to uh, to show your ad or you paid for a, a, a program to air on on TVC or whatever how do you get to the platform where those customers are you know if it's instagram how are you creatively engaging them and educating them on those platforms creating content that they can relate with content that they can relate with uh, and things like that so so i think that's that's quite key yeah. that communication aspect is something that we definitely need to get right did i say let's let's just see robin thank you so much for coming again on our podcast the conversation was amazing i must confess it was not just insightful but i was able to also pick out some things from that conversation and i think that um, it would be smart for majority of us to run with it it, it looks like a doable thing you know it, 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 yeah. it's an innovative idea and, and i think that is important and if you have questions feel free to contact any one of us i reach adidamola or local on um, linkedin 
They can also reach me if they follow um, follow me Victoria Olorimola on LinkedIn as well. And you can also send a direct message to our InsurTech Business Series page on LinkedIn. We are available on other social media platforms, Instagram as well as Twitter. So we'll be happy to hear from you. Thank you once again. Yeah. Uh, we hope that you enjoy your week. We can't say thank you enough, really. Our community is growing, definitely. And we're happy about some of the conversations that we are having. And we definitely hope, I mean, like Robin said, if you just pick one thing away out of the 20 episodes that we've had, that's that's fine by us, right? The idea about the whole thing is, yes, we want to create all of these conversations in order to spur action. And those are some of the things that we did even from our conference last year. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had all of those conversations, but it's about action. We have said these are the things that needs to be done. These are the things that we can change. For professionals who are listening right now, it's about taking action. These are the solutions that have been um, given that works or can work. How can you implement it? Take all of those ideas to your to your bosses, to your to your board, and say, hey, we can do it this way and get a better result. We can do it this way and see how we can do more, you know, and change the things and be better. That is the idea. That is that is the aim. That is the goal. And little by little, like I said during the conference again last year, it's not a sprint. It's a long distance race. So yeah. do your bit. And everybody, by the time each and every one of us do our bits, we'll definitely continue to do our bits, bringing all this knowledge so that we can grow the industry and take it to the place where it should be. Uh, so thank you. Thank you again. And stay safe. Coronavirus is real. <laughs> <laughs>